through vulnerability host Gary Turner. Just wanted to introduce this excellent um, podcast that I had with Juan Castillo, who is an agile coach today. Juan's a really impressive character for me. He's someone that is very well read and very deep in his thinking, but is highly applicable in terms of how he actually applies the learning that he, that he has, has both found out about himself, but also in the extensive reading, podcast listening, etc. that he does. Um, he's somebody that's travelled the world. Um, parents originate from Chile. He lived there for, for a number of years um, before coming um, back to the UK. Um, he really is, in, is an international um, person, has an international network behind him, um, and currently works for a leading software um, startup as an agile coach, someone that actually has a background uh, within the gaming industry, also as a scrum master and now as an agile coach. He's a really impressive character, someone that I feel you're going to learn an awful lot from. And he's someone that I also, I've known for about 12 months now, um, but he's someone that really inspires me and, and challenges my thinking as well. So I hope you enjoy this and please do offer feedback to Juan or myself. I apologize for the slightly um, quiet um, speaking voice of myself. Unfortunately, I was in an unusual environment and the sound quality is not as good um, with my speaking, but I'm pleased to say that Juan is crystal clear. Thank you. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability, a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. This evening, I'm really excited to welcome Juan Castillo onto the podcast, who is an agile coach. Good, good evening there, Juan. Good evening, Harry. How are nice. you? Good, good. Here in Amsterdam. Oh, you're in Amsterdam today. Oh, you're lucky. I've not been there in ages. How's, how's things? All good. Yes, uh, taking care of things. Coming in uh, is, is where I work partially, but I'm based in Lisbon. Okay, great. We'll, we'll get into that shortly. So for anybody that's listening, so Juan, as I mentioned, is, is an agile coach. And maybe Juan, you can take a few minutes just to let the listeners know who are you, what's your background, what are you passionate about? Yeah, well, I have a very interesting story to tell. So this goes back from the fact that I was born in the UK. I lived there for 10 years and through that period I got immersed into the English culture. And then in 1990 I went back to Chile because I'm, 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 I'm Chilean, both my parents are Chilean and I lived 17 years there. And throughout that experience I got really pushed to changing. I changed several different schools in several different cities. Okay. And, and then this culminating in me studying teaching. I'm a, I'm a teacher by trade, which I am a teacher of math and physics for secondary school, which I did for, for like two or three years. And then at some point I decided to leave my country. And at the age of 27, I left to the UK. And then I explored my other passion, which was video games, which was a quite uh, different turn of events. And I managed to be, to be working in video games for eight years, uh, where I worked a significant amount of time, five years of those, uh, working for a company called Ubisoft. Yeah. 
really got a, a really good glimpse of how the, that industry works. But as well, I got in touch with software development, how, it all, how all that comes together. And there are multiple roles there. And, but the role that touched me the most is how to take care of people. So closer to what is a producer in, in video games, the person that makes sure that everything's working. And there I got the first glimpse of what is agile and scrum. And then afterwards I got out of the industry, the video game industry, and I went to pure software development. And there I started to work as a scrum master. And I got a really good feel of it in one organization, which was quite corporate. And I really learned there, how is it that things can be done in a way that even though might be effective at a strategic level, it wasn't benefiting the people per se. Mm. So through that experience, um, then I went to another organization and worked uh, for Scrum as well as a Scrum Master. And in that organization, I developed uh, the possibility to become a coach because they had a, a habit of having conversations or one-to-ones uh, by just walking around. So I took that and I had the opportunity to have very deep conversations with people. And I was very passionate about podcasts. I was reading quite a few books about psychology or uh, behavioral psychology, like thinking fast and slow. And all these different information motivated me to have a very special interest in how can I best support people in whatever difficulties that they might be going through. And it sparked a, something that I, I didn't know actually I had it clearly within me, but it developed through that. And after a year of doing that, I really got a good grasp of what it is to be a coach and using Agile as a philosophy of work to help the development, the development team to have a different perspective of how to deal with problems that they have at different levels. So that's what I've been doing for the last year and a half, coaching in essence, for a group of, of a product team. And I have expanded as well to other areas of the organization. Well, that's, that, that's an absolutely fascinating background, Juan, for, for me. So you, you, you've got this story, as you say, sort of brought up in the UK, went back to your sort of home country, as it were, of Chile, teacher now into being a coach it's a that's a fascinating turn of events what, what, what do you, you know when did that sort of coach element come in um you know have you always been passionate around the sort of human experience the human condition anyway sort of back to your teaching days or yeah they, they, i i think in essence this curiosity was sparked by my father who was always telling me to finds the reason why things happened. And through that, because of my particular personality being an extrovert, I, I, I had a tendency to like to talk to people. So with time, as I grew older, I, uh, people have told me that I, I've always had, I always had an inclination or had a tendency to ask people about how they were doing in their personal life. So I was doing it intuitively mm -hmm. since a very young age. Even when I was working in, in, in the video game industry, I was doing that 
but it wasn't anything to do with my role at all. Now, what happened is when I grew more mature in my 30s, I started to see that there was more value in what I did and I could maybe make it more meaningful. And I complemented my wealth of experience with more theory. Yeah. So like I, like, like I said before, the book Thinking Fast and So really made me rethink what I thought about how I viewed myself and, and the world in general. And I started to question a lot of things about how things happen, how easily we are manipulated or influenced by different mediums. And through that, I just built on top and I listened to podcasts, other type of podcasts. One of them is Tangentially Speaking. Another one is uh, the other one that I w- w- listened to Waking Up, Waking Up. And they both have very contrasting perspective and I like to hear opposite views of the same topic. So that uh, made me more versatile to understanding issues from different perspectives. Yeah, that, that's, that really speaks to me actually, Farm, because you know, you, you've sort of touched on a, on a really critical point of our time, isn't it, right now, which is around this sort of polarisation of views, you know, without going too political on things on the, on the podcast. Mm. I, I think your desire and your interest to truly understand two differing points of view around the same topic, I think that's really commendable, Juan. You know, is that something that you take into your coaching practice to some extent? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, we as humans and as I, well, my experience so far, we in essence are living contradiction. We have a lot of aspects of our life that we dwell in opposites. And what in essence our life is, is to find a center, some place that we can f- feel that we are balanced. And that is a constant battle that we have throughout life for different situations that we go through. So definitely is something that I do during my coaching to bring an opposite perspective. Yes, whatever they saw from one point of view, I just go, but have you ever thought or seen it from this perspective? And if the person is open to listening and, and, and being challenged, it has very impactful results on the individual. Have you got any sort of examples you can share of that? Have you got any sort of recent or sort of historic examples of where, where you've been able to sort of, that, that, extra, that extra sharing of views, or, you know, that competing point of view has really helped someone become more aware, for example, or, or maybe grow to some extent? So one of the major dilemmas in software development is that it's very easy to get sucked into autopilot with what their expertise, what their, what expertise they have. So developers, they, they really need to focus in what they're doing at programming. So when doing so, they lose touch maybe of how is it to relate to people. So when they have difficulties in communication, they might see it kind of from a programmer point of view. Mm -hmm. So what I help them is to let them see a different depth of understanding that 
humans are more than what they just do and they they have a vast array of personal experience that they might be going through to have reacted or behave in a certain way and and that they tend to take for granted so an example is let's say a person came to work and had a bad day and and through a conversation that person reacted not in in a in a constructive manner and they react immediately saying that uh, the person attacked them yeah but they don't put themselves in the shoes of the other person now when you go to talk to that person as to why they had a bad day they might have had a personal situation at home mm-hmm. that they were not comfortable sharing but it was influencing a lot that moment in time and it cannot it might be more than just one day it could be a few days depending on the degree of how delicate that that situation was so it, giving that giving people that sensibility that we are much more complex than employees that are hired to work is is something that is more needed than we actually realize because it's like i said it's very easy to go into autopilot when we start doing our our routine or what we like we've been hired for as, as i said before yeah no that 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 that, that resonates a lot with me Juan, actually and i i think if we look at there's so much talk isn't there right now around the sort of rehumanization of work and i think you know you're, you're really speaking really strongly to that which is actually how do we how do we truly understand the individual you know you know we've all got our own reality haven't we you know every one of those people the developer or whether it's a scrum master you or me we've all got our own reality on a particular situation in the moment and i guess your job it seems to me is to try and help people make the best out of those moments to some extent Yes, exactly. So, for example, one of the, my key <laughs> elements that I do my best to reinforce is that the only way that we can learn more about each other is creating relationships, some type of relationship. Now, it can be as in-depth or as shallow as you want, but the more shallow you make it, the less connected you can be to the individual to be able to understand the great degree of of a spectrum of behaviors that they might have in any given moment. So getting them to realize, look, something that I talk about and get them to give a, a, get them to think from a different perspective is, for example, the fact that we lose touch that we were hunter-gatherers for a very, very long time, and this, this, that, we were, that we became an agriculture civilization in the last 10,000 years, and that ha- is influencing us a lot in certain instinctive mechanisms that we have as humans. And given that little insight as to how it affects us, what we were, how we became what we are today, the accelerated pace as, as, as how things are changing that we don't notice. Many times we just lose track of the fact of how fast technology has advanced, 
how different relationships have become, um, how crazy it is that people are consistently moving to different countries to live and they're far away from their families and loved ones. The, we lose track of how strenuous it is to live in this society today. So giving them that perspective, I do my best to get them to be less hard on themselves about how diffi the difficulties that they need to confront in normal day-to-day -day interactions. Oh, that's, that's, that's so powerful, Juan. You know, you, to have someone in, you know, to the work you're doing is so, so important to me because, you know, it sounds to me a lot of your time is really spent on, you know, excuse the cliche for a moment, but, you know, really allowing your, you know, the people you work with to bring their whole self, you know, not to have to leave that personal health, um, that personal self at home once they go in to do the job they're paid to do. Yeah, of course. I mean, another element that I as well, in theory, is is the dream to reach. In practice, is quite hard to obtain. Is embrace the uniqueness and individuality of every person in the organization or in a company that you do embrace the fact that we are very very different and and that diversity is what brings richness to the creativity that we might bring together as a group and it and it's challenging for sure but that's the beauty of life the challenges that we confront you know the the fact of somebody moving from a very far away country to a completely different continent, to a culture, it's a challenging endeavor. You have to be very brave to do that. But sometimes we take it for granted. We go, no, a lot of people do that, but not really. So uh, embracing that we all come from our unique background and giving us space in, in an organization to be ourselves is something that I would say most people will agree with. But in practice, it's quite challenging to do. Yeah, I think this speaks a lot. And, you know, part of the reason for this podcast um, is around inclusion. You know, how do you actually, you know, how do you actually get that diversity of thought? And, you know, I've seen a number of talks and myself on podcasts one quite recently around you cannot actually get that diversity of thought until you first include everyone. Does that, does that resonate with you? Is that a fair comment to you or do you challenge that? No, without a doubt, and without a doubt, I mean, you have to have a diversity of thought. So that means having an open mind to seeing opposing views. And through that, once that matures enough, you can start uh, nurturing or it will manifest from that inclusion because there will be a more respect towards each other's differences. It's, it's, it's the same idea of you want to have, at a deeper level, you want to have this diversity work well. Well, before that, you need that to create an environment of trust. And trust is not something you just gain by giving somebody a job title or just telling them that, all right, you need to trust this person because that's what he's there for. No, it's something you nurture, it's cultivated, and it's created through 
building relationships with one another. So you can go, oh, I know where this person comes from. I can feel comfortable with who he is. I can then be more myself and trust that person for a diverse amount of topics or situations. Mm. That's interesting, actually. So would you mind sharing an example for you personally, um, if, if you don't mind, Juan? You know, is there an, is, could you give an example of some point in your life when either you've felt complete trust in someone or maybe you've completely mistrusted someone? You know, you don't have to name names. I'm just wondering an example. Just can you bring that, bring in this, you know, bring in your statement to life around trust? In 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 general, and I think I might um, be naive in a way, is that by default I have a tendency to trust. So my 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 way of being is to be there open to the moment so when i meet somebody new i i just am there to explore what possibilities there are without judgment so i think with time what's happened is that i've acquired a a better sense of how to calibrate better, when is it that I can tell that I can really trust somebody with different subjects or not? So it's, it's my natural being to be trusting. So it's something that I've done since a very young age. And, and for that reason, I don't have like, let's say a clear example of of how I manifest it because it just comes naturally. What I can say is that what I have discovered is how it, how it, it affects people, the fact that the way how I am. So not so long ago, I was having a one-to-one and I asked this, this, this colleague of mine, friend even, what is it that he could feel so comfortable with with me, but he struggled to do it with others. And 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 the answer was, you just shared many things with me without asking anything in exchange. That gave me the possibility to do the same towards me. So I manifested trust for that, the person to feel trust in themselves and do it towards the other person. Oh, this is, this is one, you know what I love about you just described? And, um, this happens too often with my podcast guests, Juan, my little hairs on the end of my head go, go on, go on end. Because you just described beautifully, you know, you talk about this default almost level of trust that you, you exude just in your, your being. But what you also spoke about there to me, which, which I can really resonate with, is that example you gave of that one-to-one, you in essence demonstrated vulnerability. You actually gave something of yourself to that person without them asking. So yes, it built trust, but it also, you also demonstrated vulnerability to some extent as well. Definitely, without a doubt. I mean, to be trusting in essence means to be vulnerable. Mm. You are just 
showing yourself without having any type of armor or protection. Now, as you grow older, you learn how to be more sensitive to when and who. But in general, yes, you are in a very vulnerable state, state to be able to be trusting towards others and non-judgmental. And I'm, I'm trying to think back to this trust equation. I'm not sure if you've come across that. Um, but um, I remember Helen Amory mentioned this in, in our first podcast as well. And it's something I've researched recently. Is the trust equation, part of that is actually vulnerability. So you know, this is all stacking up really nicely, actually. So, I'll, uh, yeah, I need, I need to research that a bit more. So if, if, we, if we look at, you know, what, what you're talking about here around the trust, you know, being mm. vulnerable, being open one-to-ones. You know, mm. how, how much do you see or how often do you see these these traits of you know the true human experience around vulnerability trust you know awareness etc where do you see that sitting in the in- engagements that you have within your you know your work organization or your client organizations do you see this being role model right throughout is it more difficult at the top which is something that i see within organizations you know how, how do you how do you see these these particular aspects of, of your coaching work showing up so, in essence, all this that I say is something that is important to put in practice. I mean, this experience is what gives you the true uh, understanding and application of it. So, my whole purpose at the beginning was to be as a bigger role model for them to understand what it is to be trusting and vulnerable and sharing and and see how I could just share as much of my experience and knowledge with them to see if that could give them uh, a different way of viewing things. So the people that have interacted with me for a significant amount of time uh, through this coaching practice, uh, one-to-ones, they have been the the beneficiaries of learning what this means and they have done it as well with their colleagues and and friends friends as well so unfortunately if that is not a practice that you do and you are not constantly reminded about what that means it's very unlikely that you will learn about it so in general, there is a, a stronger reception to the younger generation and the people that are still building their careers versus the people that maybe are uh, more senior in experience or, or and in age that maybe because of past experiences or things that they live that maybe were not the most pleasant, uh, more reluctant to participate in such a dialogue. Mm. And I just see it as a way of them manifesting that because of hierarchical structures, there's a tendency to think that they are the sole carriers of all the responsibility and they need to carry on their shoulders and because of that the 
there's kind of a belief that they need to have as well all the solutions. Mm. Uh, so that is my take in essence of how I see the big difference. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not exceptions to the rule, but in general, that's the tendency that happens. Yeah, I see, I, I see that myself as well. And I think, I think what's interesting, um, you know, from a number of conversations I've had recently is that you've got, you know, there's always historically, or certainly looking at the research that I've looked at, there's been a historically a focus on executive coaching, Kwan. Whereas what you're doing, which I really like, is a much more inclusive approach. It, I, I'm sensing that you, you know, you're, the services you offer, the support you offer, is very much on an open, inclusive basis for anyone that wants it. Is that, is that a fair comment or is that something you would challenge? It, yeah, that, that's how I, uh, I approached it, for sure. Like I, it's something that I say quite often. You don't make anybody do anything. Yeah, you, 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 you don't, you cannot tell people it doesn't work or at least it doesn't work for long term. And you might tell them, you know, clean, you know, your desk, but if it's not something that they intrinsically believe or understand the value, they will probably forget about it after a while. So it's important that whoever wants to embrace a change or, or, or reevaluate their perspective is something that they really want and believe, or at least they have the, the, they are brave enough, the courage to be able to be put in that place. And by experiencing that interaction and then putting it in practice with their peers, it's where they start to role model each other. You know, they, they, they see the benefits of behaving in one way or another. So definitely the way that you encourage people is by being the best version of yourself as possible. And then through that, hopefully they see the value of how those interactions actually create a constructive environment and flourish. I, I like this. And, and you, you know, you're, you're talking about role modeling here, Juan, as well, which, uh, which absolutely is so important. What I also find interesting, and I hope the listeners are picking up on this, you know, we're, we're sort of a nice way into this discussion uh, this evening. We have not discussed a metric anywhere. We're not talking about ROI. We're not talking about profitability. We're talking about purely the inputs, which is the human experience. I find that really interesting to reflect on, Juan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so easy to go to the tangible and forget that the human condition or the human way of how we are in terms of feelings is so untangible. We see the, the effects on it, of, of the side effects of what can happen. But unless you experience it, there's no way of you even naming it. I mean, you need to learn how to trust to know what trust is. Simple. I mean, there's no other way that 
there's no book or, or, or no course that will say, you know, this is trust. You see it, you can touch it, and it doesn't work that way. You need to live it. So, so unfortunately, these aspects of us humans, we need to give it more time to experience it with one another, which sometimes is very scary, especially if you have lived a life of taking care of yourself that maybe you don't want to get hurt or disappointed. Maybe your expectations are higher one of, of each other. Your any of these ways of being which don't permit you to grasp the full complexity of the human emotion really limits the possibility of you experiencing it fully. Do you know something, Juan? I'm loving this chat because you know I can't remember the last time I saw a job specification saying must be trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> or must be a really nice human being. It, it's always must have Excel, five years experience. Yeah. Uh, must fit in this box. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's yeah. quite, quite fascinating. Yeah. The, we are still carrying the legacy of the industrial age. So even with all these new ways of working like Agile and all these methodologies that uh, have appeared in the last, 20 years or so there's a lot of industrial age mentality and structure and processes that we carry on as well we were taught this in the past let's let's keep on doing it now and they have not been able to add these elements which have developed more recently than ever or or the the empowerment of women the 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 fact that we are much much more aware of how how biased men are to many to how we can appreciate what women can bring and 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 really acknowledge that and be and be constantly reminded that we we very easily get sucked in into our cultural and social classical behaviors but now the knowledge is there the information is there the awareness can be brought up and we are struggling to really integrate that fast enough and it's understandable because it's too much change it's way too much change so there's a lot of effort needed to be done to create this sense of awareness of the complexity of what humans are and how we can bring it to the workplace in an effective and caring manner. Hmm? Mm. Just, if I just go back to what you just said there, I'm interested to explore that a bit more with you, Juan. When you say there's too much change, what does that mean for you? Well, all right, well, there's so many angles that you can pick this up from. <laughs> but so so let, let's say just from the one that I think is most popular in tech. Uh, the changes 
it think about you know how far in the past smartphones have existed and the different specialties that came from them. So now you have iOS developers, Android developers. Now soon there's going to be a new platform. So people that work with apps are going to have to relearn ways of how they work. Then we have as well all this revolution with that is coming and it's going to be quite strong, which is AI, so machine learning. Mm-hmm. And that is bringing a whole different breed of developers as well that are all applying this technology like crazy in all areas of, of, of life. And, and we're, just, we're just experimenting and, and really amazing things happen. And, and people are getting triggered by this because they say, oh, but that, that sounds so interesting. So I want to go and learn AI now. And I want to see what I can do there. And it looks like I can have, a, I can have an even a bigger impact. So in, 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 in a generation, already people that maybe started learning about one subject after 10 years, give or take, they might have to, or not even have to, they might get interested in moving to a different area of expertise, which really demands reevaluating how they sit in in the organization, how, how, what tech they might use. So just at that aspect, professionally, there's a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say socially, you know, all, all these movements that appeared or or let's say the me too movement you know really reaching out and saying oh, we, we should have more awareness of how we we are treating each other and maybe sometimes it gets out of hand but the point is people are have because of technology again have been pushed to be more empowered to really voice their concerns not necessarily always effectively yeah and uh, not acted on in 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 the most constructive manner, but the whole motivation is there to really spark an awareness of things that we've been missing maybe for centuries, and now they're all coming up all at one go, and people are supposed to somehow make sense of it all <laughs> and to make sense of such a complex environment where and I what, um, seven billion human beings? So uh, the amount of ideas and change and research and development that is happening is just ridiculous. So you can see it from all types of angles and levels and it gets uh, overwhelming, for sure. No, that's a, I think it's a, a really fair point. I think, I guess we see both opportunities as well, don't we, as well as the sort of the, the, the struggle to deal with change. Because I think, yeah, that awareness, as you say, Juan, of these, these movements, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, March for Our Lives, all of the, you know, yeah. you and I, you and I would not have connected as easy as we did. You know, no. I think by the corporate rebels Slack group a year or so yeah. ago. Exactly. You know, without the tech, we just wouldn't have done that. So there's so much good coming out of it. But I get your point that, you know, how do you, I love your phrase, you know, how do you make sense of it all? So what, so what how do you do that? 
from a sort of coaching point of view as Juan? How do you help your the people you work with make sense of what's going on um, within your sort of coaching sort of practice? Well, one of the key takeaways that I've learned for myself and I do my best to share with others is that as, overwhelm as overwhelming as that it might be, it, what is important is to focus on the things that you do have control. You know, focus on the things that you can manage. <clears throat> so that means yourself, how you interact with people, what you're dedicating time to, what you're thinking about how you take care of yourself intellectually, physically, spiritually. So the way that I do my best to give them to make sense is one, that, that they make sure that they are taking care of these elements that they can grasp and touch. And second, based on that premise, develop more understanding of these elements. So you interact with people, then learn more about how people function. What is it that we are biased to, or we lose track, what are our blind spots? As well, we, we live in a, in a society that's quite shallow nowadays. Many of the social media aspects, even though a lot is used for learning more and, and having a more depth conversation about topics but mo I, a big chunk of it is used for just superficial aspects so making them aware that having these deep conversations in real time with each other is very beneficial to have uh, a better understanding of the world as well not only about that individual that comes with a big chunk of experience and then just giving them more information to get them to think about how life came to be so that instead of feeling so bad that maybe something doesn't work or they might oh, they failed at doing something they are less critical about themselves and they can relax and say well you make mistakes, but you can amend them. Just pay more attention to how these circumstances arise by being more informed of what mechanisms created that. So that's more or less how I, <clears throat> I get people to feel more at ease with the hectic nature of society. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot to unpick in there for me, though, Juan, because I think, you know, I'm getting that, you know, that element of, you know, that self-care element. That's something we talk about every Tuesday, actually. There's one coming up tonight at 2000 GMT, Self-Care Weekly, the Twitter chat we run. You know, you have to look after yourself before you can help others. You know, it's a really clear point. You know, I'm also getting around your curiosity, you know, and just, you know, what's really jumping out to me, Juan, as we speak, and, you know, it seems so obvious. One of the biggest assets and opportunities we, we have is the person sitting next to us, isn't it? You know, do we actually know them? Do we know their life story? Do we know their background? Do we know where they can help us, how we can help them? You know, I, I can say honestly, in you know, every work organization I've worked in the last 20 years, I know, I know, I know people better from a 10-minute Zoom chat who I've never met before over, you know, someone I've met on Twitter 
than often people I've worked with for over a decade. Because you, for yes. some reason, once you're sitting next to them in the work organization, without someone like you opening that door, we just come in nine till five. We know as much on the surface as we need to know, and then we go home. It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Man, and, and it's, it's so, it's things that are just in front of your eyes. I mean, there's a reason that the complexity in technology is demanding such a diverse group of people to work together because it's that hard to do this and we work better by being diverse and together so why not that apply it in how you can be better as an individual and you learn more by spending time and talking about things that matter with somebody else not just listening to your own thoughts all the time. And if you want to have a different perspective, you can't keep on asking yourself. You need to ask other people to give you a different perspective and say, hey, uh, I saw that you did this, or look, this is my experience. How does that reflect in you? What is your opinion about that? So it, it's just, it, I, I find it very surprising sometimes that we lose touch of the fact that by sharing these experience together, which we do at work, why don't we do it at different levels, which is as important for us to learn from each other and to grow. Yeah, we, we as humans, we live one experience. The only way that we live other experiences is by talking with other people. That's why we listen to podcasts. That's why we read books. We can't have a hundred lives. We just have one life. So how to create a wealth of wisdom by interacting more with people. But to be able to do it, you need to be vulnerable. You need to be, you need to be trusting and as well open to the idea that they might have a completely opposite point of view from yours. And if that's the case, be open to the possibility that maybe there's some truth or something that you completely missed. And that's fine. Hmm? Lovely, lovely, lovely. I, I, yeah, but, but like you say, it, it's, it, it's, <laughs> you say, it's so hard, but yet so obvious. And I guess that's why mm. for the last, as you say, the Industrial Revolution, when we've been able to focus on ROI and metrics and the stuff that's hard, you know, and I, I bat on about this a lot, Juan, you know, people talk about the soft skills of interpersonal curiosity. I don't know what you think, but I think they're far harder to actually engender in people around the sort of, you know, curiosity, problem solving, creative thinking. And I think that's why we've not focused on them for the last 50, 100 years, because it's so, it is so hard to actually engender a culture where people actually are allowed to be themselves and to actually be vulnerable and to learn. And it, and it takes time, Juan. You've mentioned that a few times on the, in our chat. It takes time to do that. Do you feel organizations are giving people the time to spend time on human development and interaction and problem solving and diversity? No, definitely not. I mean, you can tell that there's a, and, it, and it's not entirely the fault of the organization in itself. It has to do with how society and the economical system is built up. It's about profit, it's about being productive, it's staying alive and not succumb to uh, not being able to function anymore as an organization due to lack of resources, maybe. And, and that pressure is felt. 
And the people at the top, many times, they just feel that pressure and they just act on that. So they're in a rush to stay relevant, but they lose touch that humans demand a different set of motivations and a, and, and, and a space for creativity is not built on those type of principles which we, we see outside in the real world. So it definitely there's, there, there isn't given enough time to be able to learn from each other and just have a moment to stop, you know, just stop, don't worry. You know, just, just, let's talk about how, how things are going. Or, or I know you arrive at work and maybe you see a colleague who potentially could be your friend and you could see that maybe his expression might be a little bit sad and down. It's not very common that people go up to that person and go, hey, are you feeling all right? Do you want to go out for a chat? Mm -hmm. Just giving yourself that moment to care for somebody else. That is not something that comes naturally. Or, 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 or basic things like when you come into work, say good morning, shake each other's hand or grab their shoulder. Just connect with people, which is something so basic. But we get into the grind of being in an autopilot mode, enter, just sit at our desk and maybe say a, a, a quiet good morning, but you just focus on getting things done. And it, it, it's super evident when you, especially in all the organizations that I've been, you see it quite often in different degrees. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I've seen it a lot as well. But do, do you know something though, on, on, on a sort of more, you know, that, that is what we're dealing with. Everyone's talking about the same challenges within the world of work and you're clearly doing what you can within your practice wanted to shift that, which is brilliant. What's inspiring you the most right now? What are you listening to, reading? What are you, who are you engaging with? You know, what's inspiring you as Juan the most right now? Yeah, well, one source of inspiration, without a doubt, without a doubt is podcasts. I mean, I'll say again, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to listening quite often is, tangentially speaking, is the wealth of variety of topics that, uh, brought in there of very very clever and passionate people is incredible so i get inspired every day by listening to some topics i never heard before and then i do research about them uh, another one and it's more from that that podcast is more from more of a emotional uh, standpoint it really gets in, in in depth of learning who they are you know, something like the conversation that we just had now that we're having now sorry. and and the other side is uh, waking up that as well has a very big variety but from a completely different perspective which is more logic structured which as well is interesting because it, it brings these topics it's structured in a way that is tangible yeah uh, and uh, practical in application so it's valued as well so i complement these uh, these ideas and see what i can come up with that is my own 
Now, books that I'm reading, really, I have a very big variety of different types of books. And, uh, and let's say the latest book that I'm reading is from Esther Perel, uh, and it's called Mating in Captivity. And it has such a good take on understanding how these deep relationships that we have <clears throat> in with our partners how much we are affected by the current reality of society and how much we lose touch of that it's it's kind of a very similar analogy of what happens in the workplace <laughs> how we lose touch of the fact that work we think is everything and we and we don't understand that there's humans involved and there's a lot of depth of how we are reacting to different circumstances. This book is the same, but in relation with relationships, intimate relationships and fascinating. So I have a tendency to jump to different books, different topics to just broad my understanding of people and the current state of affairs that we're in in the world and see if i can join the dots you can hear the curiosity in your in your brain ticking juan as a, as you explain that it's really impressive you always inspire me when we speak to be fair so, so thank, thank you for sharing that i'm just going to put a, a little recommendation in for myself um so a, a book that i read uh, back in back in february or, or march was um nila for merchant i don't know if you've come across her juan um so she wrote mm -hmm called Onlyness. Um, she used to work for um, Apple uh, some years ago. And she, she, she talks about every person on this planet has got a unique view of the world that only they can see, and that that's their opportunity to connect. Very much what you've spoken about on this podcast. You know, how do you find co-denters, people that can challenge you, but also help you grow towards a sort of a, a mutually beneficial end, for example. So mine being around this podcast, meeting great people like you, helping organizations and people be more vulnerable, be more aware, be more inclusive is, my, is really my big passion. And, you know, that's something that's driven me heavily over the last six, six months is that particular book, Onlyness by, by Nilifer Merchant. And it's, that's certainly one I can recommend. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up then. I have another book that just came to mind. is a book called Accelerate. Okay. And that is a four-year research that they did in organization of what makes high-performing team flourish and the connection between high-performing teams in software development, there, there's a direct actually prediction on how healthy the organization is, wow. which is a, a very powerful book as well. And it's, it's got a lot of data and statistics to prove it. That sounds cool. My God, I've just, I've just checked the time for it. I talked to you for hours. Yeah. Up to about an hour now. So maybe we should start to wrap up. How can how can people get hold of you, Juan? If people want to just reach out, have conversations with you, you know, network with you. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? Well, I'm I'm in the uh, corporate rebel Slack channel. That's a way, way that you can find me. Juan Castillo is how my name is there. Uh, LinkedIn profile. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. And I'm, I'm not really um social media person to be honest i try to not be influenced so much uh, 
by the media. I, I try to pick and choose what I really want to learn and read. Um, I can, you can reach out to my email address if you want. I can give my email address. Great, that's perfect. Do you mind just advise the listeners what that is, Juan? It, it's uh, juan.castillo79 at hotmail.com. I'll put all of your contact details in the show notes anyway, Kwan, as well. Sure. So, uh, no, it's absolutely awesome. And I, I'd really like to get you back on again because I know there's going to be plenty more for you and I to discuss as a uh, sure. time moves forward. Uh, is there any other sort of parting comment? Is there anything particular you'd like to leave with the listeners? Or uh... Uh, no, is thank you for the opportunity to being in in your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, it's a first for me. Uh, I'm really curious as uh, the reaction of what I say and I welcome all the feedback possible to see if you know anything that I said makes sense or not because that's what I want to do constantly just learn how to be a better version of myself so uh, thank you very much for the opportunity Gary no brilliant no thanks thanks for joining me and you know you've you've role you've role, <laughs> role modeled all three of the key areas of this podcast around vulnerability self-awareness and uh, and inclusion perfectly Juan. so thanks a lot for joining the podcast and uh let's speak again soon yeah no thank you thank you gary have a good evening yeah. thanks mate. you too bye. take care see you bye hi there just your host gary turner wrapping up this really fantastic and really really insightful uh, podcast chats with Juan Castillo. So many takeaways for me, really, um, but I'll just keep, keep it short to a, to a few key ones. One of them is around this focus um, around trust and also vulnerability, and just how critical it is. You know, if we cannot trust, then it's very, very difficult to be vulnerable. And I think, you know, the more I think about this conversation, the one I also had with Piers Thurston around the quality of mind, it's just really becoming clear to me that organizations, society, the world that we live in has become so layered up with thought, um, whether that be fear, overthinking, procrastination, perfectionism, that we're really, really losing a sense of who we truly are to be human. And I think that really comes through loud and clear for me with, with, with the chat with Juan this evening. I also really enjoyed um, Juan's comments where he spoke about the, the fact that people, you know, the global mobility is a really positive thing. People, you know, with, with the advent of cheap flights, you know, the ability to get anywhere in the world is possible now, including a direct flight from Australia to the UK now from this year. But, you know, do we always take into consideration the emotional or, you know, physical and, and mental challenges that people may go through to actually relocate from one country to another? Are they completely upping sticks? Do they have family locally? How, how is their mental well-being as well as their physical well-being when they make those moves? It's a really interesting reflection, one that I, I haven't thought about particularly um, in the past in any depth, so I thank Juan for that. And I think just the final thing for me is just, you know, please do reach out to Juan via the different mediums that he offered. You know, Juan, as, as much as being a deep character, he really, really is able to apply um, his, his wisdom, his knowledge, and his care for other human beings. And I think... What, what Juan role models for me is someone that's come from a business area into a role as a coach. So it's also, if you think about so many HR um, departments and research reports and events, they're all talking about people having been business savvy or having the ability to understand the business, but also lead the people. 
but so rarely do we actually hear such depth and quality um, as we've heard from Juan today from someone that has crossed over from a business function into the world of people and coaching. So yeah, please do reach out to Juan. They've got so many more takeaways, um, but I, I don't want to to take up this time and going through what I've taken away. You know, he's impacted me deeply. He always does when we speak, but I believe that there's, there's, a, there's an awful lot of nuggets in this. So please do feedback to either Juan and or myself directly. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Thank you.